If you have a Bible with you today, I want you to invite you to find Acts chapter 2. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Josiah started a series that we just simply, or he just simply called Fully Surrendered. And we looked at examples that Jesus actually gave of what it looks like to be fully surrendered in certain areas of our lives. We looked at how we can be fully surrendered when it comes to our families or our emotions, our relationships, or even how we interact with those that we don't particularly agree with, right? And last week, uh, Pastor Josiah started us with one of the two areas that him and I have kind of talked about that we feel a large portion of Christians struggle with. There maybe is some baggage with it, maybe it's a misunderstanding, whatever that might be. And so we wanted to talk about these two different issues, and before we look Uh, back a little bit at last week and jump into this week, I wanted to remind us of the things that Pastor Josiah reminded us of last week. There are people in the room, uh, uh, people in the room will will have different experiences and will be in different places from us. Let's just remember that as we talk about these things. And as we talk about these things, if you feel your guard or your defenses go up or maybe a wall, you feel like, oh, I'm gonna put that brick there. I don't wanna have anything to do with it. Or you maybe you feel offended an important step in that moment when we feel that prick, when we feel that wall going up, is to ask ourselves why. And more than likely, some of us have had bad experiences when it comes to certain areas that we have baggage in. Or maybe even somebody you loved had a bad experience and you are carrying their baggage along with yours. So last week, like I said, Pastor Josiah talked about being fully surrendered in our finances. We looked at and really walked through a spectrum of what giving looked like throughout the Bible. From what the Old Testament law said, uh, through Jesus talking about selling everything and following him. Understanding that Jesus isn't asking us to do that here right this moment in order to follow him, but we must be willing to do that if he asks. We talked about learning to trust God's way of living when it comes to our finances. And that can be hard for some of us. Understanding and beginning to understand that his way is countercultural, upside down from what logically makes sense. It comes, down to what do, it comes down to do we really trust God to provide for us? We said that trust has to be given opportunities to be earned and to grow. We didn't talk about a certain percentage or a number last week of like what we think you should give. That is something that you need to talk to God about. Actually, you should be asking a better or the right question is how can I best honor God and steward what he has given me? Not what should I give, but how can I best honor God? Living surrendered financially, the last part of his message means this. We are trusting God with our finances daily by choosing to live on less. We also said that by meeting the needs of the community around us, our church family and the community surrounding us as they arise, we need meet those needs of those people locally, but not just locally, but globally, there are needs. And the final one was this, we need to always be ready to give it all, if he asks. That's hard, right? And a lot of us struggle with that. And I hope and prayer is, is that you walked out of that church service just asking better questions, Right? that we didn't walk out of here the same when it comes to our finances. So this week, I really want to challenge or stretch us in another area with the thought of this, surrendering our own identity to become his church. 
Surrendering our individual identity in order to step into our role as an active member of the body of Christ. And I want to give warning to you this morning because as I was writing this and as I was processing this, this is heavy. This is going to come across as harsh and it's going to come across as painful to some of us. I want you to know it was painful for me to write. (laughs) This was hard. This will seem harsh and critical. But really, my hope and prayer here this morning is that you understand that this is my heart behind it, is just to bring awareness to us. To bring awareness to those of us sitting in a church who consider ourselves a part of God's family, that we are aware of an issue. Because if, if we are not made aware of things, we're, we're unwilling to actually look at the problem, nothing will change. And let me tell you, as I was putting this together, something needs to change. So are you guys ready? We all put our big boy or girl pants on because <laughs> this could hurt. So with that thought, I, I want us to look at what Scripture says about the church. And I know that we have used this passage many times in the last, I feel like, the last even six months. But it's such an, a massive, important piece of Scripture that I think we need to be reminded of it again. And so I want to encourage you to set aside this morning what you think church is. I want you to put that to the side and be ready for what God is going to speak to you. And if you are sitting here this morning going, Aaron, I'm in church. What more are you going to tell me, right? There's more. There's something that I may say that you didn't know. I simply told our youth this week, don't check out if you think this doesn't apply to you or if you think you already know what is coming. Even if we know something, it doesn't mean we are actually doing it. And if we are honest, we need to be reminded, and the sad part is, is we need to be reminded about the most important stuff a lot. So be willing this morning to hear what God has to say. Be willing to be shaped and molded by him, not by what you came in the door with, by what you think you know or have experienced in the past. And so with that in mind, if you are willing and able, would you please stand as we read this passage from the book of Acts. Like I said earlier, Acts 2, we're going to start in verse 42, and it says this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders, and that all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Father God, this morning would you just prepare our hearts. God, I pray for for what we think we know about your church, that, God, we would set it aside and be willing to hear from you. God, this morning, my hope and prayer is this, is that, that this message just makes us aware. It makes us aware. This isn't to be critical or to, or to come down on people, but, God, we need to be made aware of what you are asking us to do and what you are asking us to surrender and how you want us to play an active role in your church. 
So God, speak to us in the next few minutes. God, help these words that you have downloaded already onto my heart. God, help this to come out as your words, not my own thoughts, not my own opinions, but God, just what you have simply for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can have a seat. Well, like I said, I wanted to talk about surrendering our, our own identity to, in order to become an active part, to become a part of the body of Christ. And we all have a definition of church. Like, as I say church, you all have something that comes to mind. And if you were to look at the definition of the church in Webster's Dictionary, the first thing that pops up is this, a building for public and especially Christian worship. Like, okay. The second definition underneath was like the clergy of the religious body. I'm like, really? That's, that's kind of weird, but okay. The third way it was described was the whole body of Christians, the body of Christ. And I'm like, hey, wow, they finally got it right. They didn't strike out. They did finally get it right. Uh, it is the body of Christ. That is the church. But for most of the world, that, def- that first definition is what most think of, a building. A place where certain people gather who seem to have this opinion, and that is what most of the world thinks. But as I was sitting there and I was thinking about the body of Christ in the church, beyond the definition, I began to wonder what the perspective of the church and Christ followers are in this world, particularly with non-believing people. People who don't attend church, people who don't believe in God or practice any certain type of faith. And it was interesting, and actually, to be completely honest, it, it broke my heart. And these, I have a couple, the first two things that I'm going to say are just the perspective of the outside world's view of church. And the first thing in this article, in this research thing that I was looking up, it says that only 21% of non-Christians, non-believers, or the outside world think of the church in a positive way. That's a pretty sad number. 21% think of the church as a positive thing in our world. And for those of us trying to invite our friends and our family to church, this puts us at a massive disadvantage. That creates an enormous barrier when you're trying to connect with unchurched people. If their view is a negative view of the church, we are at a massive disadvantage. If you're trying to connect with an unchurched person, maybe you would think of it on a scale from 1 to 10 like this. Maybe you're thinking, well, because I'm at this disadvantage, maybe I'm starting between 1 and 10. I'm starting at a 3 or at the worst a 0. But what this research shows about people's view of the church actually shows that if you are trying to invite an unchurched person, sometimes we are actually starting at a minus 5 or a minus 8. We are at a massive disadvantage just because of the world's view of the church. The other thing is many believe that the church is disconnected from the real issues in their community in the world. There is a massive gap. They believe the church is unwilling to look at what the issues are in this world and help. There is an evidence of a growing generational gap about social issues and the expectation of younger generations to see their church addressing the broader social issues of the day. We wonder why the youth aren't coming into church is because they see the church, they don't see the church as being any help. And that makes my heart hurt and it makes me sad. 
The next few statements, and I read so many different articles, and I was trying to find a good perspective, but they all seem to come back to all of these things. The next few statements are what non-believers really think of Christ followers. So we start with the church and what the worldviews of, of the church are, what their definition of the church is, and what they think the church is all about, whether it's positive or negative. I wanted to find some statements about what people thought of Christ's followers. You know, the people that are actually the church, or supposed to be the church. And there are some statements in here that should resonate, not really resonate, but should maybe make us stop in our tracks. The first thing is this, that they think about the body of Christ. Christians and churches are against more things than they are for. In fact, one guy said it this way, it just seems to me Christians are mad at the world and mad at each other. They're so negative. They seem unhappy. I have no desire to be like them and stay upset all the time. That's what they think of the body of the Christ. Number two was fascinating to me. Somebody said, I would actually like to develop a friendship with a Christian. I'm interested in what they believe and how they carry out their beliefs. I wish I could find a Christian who was willing to spend time with me. The body of Christ. Number three, I would like to learn about the Bible from a Christian. The Bible fascinates me, but I don't want to go to a stuffy legalistic church. I want to find somebody who will invite me and study the Bible with me. Maybe at home. Maybe at a place like Starbucks. Number four, I don't see much difference in the way Christians live compared to others. I really can't tell what a Christian believes because he or she doesn't see much different than the people I know. The only exception would be Mormons. They really seem to take their beliefs seriously. Number five, I wish I could learn to be a better husband, wife, dad, mom. My neighbor's a Christian. Maybe I'll go ask him. He hasn't talked to me, but I'll go ask him. Some Christians act like they have no problems. I wish they'd stop wearing masks. I wish they'd become real. I would respect them more. Number seven, I wish a Christian would take me to his or her church. I would really like to visit a church, but I'm not particularly comfortable going by myself. What is weird is I am 32 years old and I've never had a Christian invite me to the church. Do you see a pattern? Non-Christians want to interact with us. They want the body of Christ to become the body of Christ, to be active, to be not just, this is what I believe and talk about it, but to actually live it out and to, and to invite them into this. It's so important that we do our part. They want Christians to be real. They want to see if the body of Christ is actually real because from the vantage point that they see right now, it's not. They see the church as a building full of people who are angry at each other, who cannot get along, who won't invite people, who won't sit and study with them. That's what they see the body of Christ as. And I don't know about you, but this is not okay. As the church, as the body of Christ, what are we doing? We proclaim to be followers of Christ. We claim that we are his church, the body of Christ, but we are failing in our mission. Why? 
I believe it's because we are not stepping into our role as a part of the body of Christ. We find that our identity, our plans, what we want, our hopes, our dreams are more important than doing what God is asking us to do. Our time is our time. The church gets this time, and that's it. How do we fix this? How do we fix this? The passage we read earlier, I believe, gives us all kinds of answers. It talked about how all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What were they teaching? What was their lives centered around? Their lives were centered around the story of God from the beginning of time through the Old Testament, the fall of man, and the prophecy in God's plan for redemption, and how Jesus came and was the Messiah that fulfilled all of those prophecies, all that, they ta- all that Jesus taught and showed them. And they testified to one another what he had done in their own lives. They spent time together. They were a church. They ate together. They prayed together. They did life together. The body of Christ did life together. And what happened? A deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property, the possessions. They shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple. They met in homes. They shared meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. They did life together. Are we, as the body of Christ, doing life together? Or are we simply coming here on a Sunday morning? They understood that everything that they had wasn't theirs but God's and to be used for his mission. They did whatever it was to take care of one another. They truly were a family. It wasn't a cliche thing that they said they actually were family. They were not just a building, not just a random group of people. They invested into one another. They discipled one another. They encouraged one another. They served one another. They held each other accountable, and they found an active role in their part in the body of Christ. And I know you might be like, Aaron, okay, you're already hammering us. Like, and you're like, but here's the thing, Aaron. All the time, you and Josiah are talking about how we want to be outward focused. This sounds really opposite. What all they were was focusing in on each other. And yes, we want to be an outward focused church. And this sounds like a closed group thing. Like they were all about each other and nothing else. Sounds, it sounds kind of opposite of Jesus saying going into all the world, doesn't it? But because of how they did life together and loved each other and discipled one another and encouraged one another, this is what happened. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship who were being saved. Just like Josiah talked about last week, God's way of doing things can seem upside down or different than what we think we have to be doing. God has set up the church to be the example to the world around us, to show the world how to love, to show the world even with all of our different personalities, all of our different perspectives, a way to still be unified. God set up the church to take care of the needs around us. It's not just about our individual efforts. Yes, we have individual missions and people that we can connect with, but I think that if we can't get it right within the church, we will struggle outside the church. 
God wants us to do this well here or wherever. Maybe you're a visitor and you're like, man, this is my first time and this pastor is crazy and she's harsh. And, but God wants us to do this well, whether this, you consider this your church home or there is another spot that you consider your church home. To begin it in your church family, to be active in it, to be a, a participant. If you begin it here, the world and the community around will see it, and they will see us sacrificing, being generous with our time and money. They will see us love one another despite our differences, and they will see growth. They will actually see who Jesus was, who God really is. They will no longer see us angry or as disconnected, but it takes surrendering ourselves. It takes surrendering our time, our priorities, our agenda, our dreams to be a part of this. I have this down as something that I just felt like God downloaded to me this week. It says this, if we actually surrender our own identity and our own agendas and participate and be an active part of the church that God has set up, it will enhance our individual relationships and outreach outside the church. If we actually participate in the church, we looked at scripture, this is what happened. If you were to actually participate in church rather than simply be a consumer, you will have learned to focus on scripture, study it, and apply it to your life. Because we do that here. If you begin to participate in a way, we can, you can share Jesus more easily because you are here with your church family learning to share your story and testifying what God is doing in your life here. It will make it much easier to do it outside these walls. If you actually participate in church, you're going to learn how to fellowship and connect with others and learn how to listen because we've done it here together. We become more aware of the needs in the community because as a church, we want to see what's happening in our community. We see the needs and we address them. And then your vision changes and you begin to see the needs around you and are able to address them. If we actively participate in the church, it changes our individual impact because we've done it together already. Are we doing that in our church? Are we actively participating in it or are we here on a Sunday morning checking a box? We need to equip each other. We need to be here to encourage one another, to listen to one another, to pray with one another so that our world can see the church the church that God set up. Our world has a really messed up view of the church, of Jesus' followers. Why? Because us as church people and as his followers have misunderstood and twisted what the church is. We no longer see it as the body of Christ. We have decided that the church community is optional and to be a part of it only when it's convenient for us. We have made our lives and our individual agendas more important than being the body of Christ. We come into church as a consumer only looking for what we can get out of it. That's why the world has a messed up view of the church. Because too many of us have decided to be consumers. And that is not what God is calling us to. Our world and the people around us are watching us. They are listening to how we are talking about each other in the church. They are watching us serve one another or not serve one another. They are watching us choose church as an option or not. 
I just want to remind us of some of the quotes earlier of what people see as the body of Christ. Seems to me Christians are mad at the world and mad at each other. I'm really interested in what they believe and carrying out their beliefs, but I'm not really sure what they believe. I wish they'd stop wearing a mask and start being real. I'd really like to visit a church, but nobody's invited me. Are we being the body of Christ? We need to get it right here. They are lost, they are seeking, they are searching. Jesus said this in Matthew 9, verse 36. And I feel Jesus' heart here, he said, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. We have to be workers. We have to be active in the church. Whether that's here or you have another church home, we need to stop asking if we are going to go to church. We need to ask what role do I fit in the church. We should not be basing on if we go to church based on how we feel or if we feel we've had a good enough week that we don't need it. We need to be committed to the church and finding our role within it. We need to understand our importance of, of our part in this body. Paul reminds the Corinthians about the body of Christ and the importance of each part, using our human body to understand. The human body has many parts, but with the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Our bodies have many parts. The church has many parts. And we need each one of us to fulfill the role that God is calling us to. Guys, iron sharpens iron. We need each other. We need to begin to look like the church that God set up. We need to commit to the body of Christ, not to River of Life Church. I am not standing up here going commit to River of Life Church, but commit to being a part of God's church. Finding your role, finding your role in this community, how you can encourage somebody here this morning, how you can pray for one another, how you can be a part of our community events, how you can serve the capital C church. It's not about making our name great. It's about making his name great. And if we do not play our part, this does not work well. In most churches across America, approximately 20% of the attendees do the work of the church, both in giving and volunteering. In large churches, that 20% is usually paid staff. 80% of attenders may attend service. They may call their church their church family, but that is all the further it goes. I once heard a story of somebody saying that the reason they weren't actively involved in participating in their church was because they were going to be like Mary and sit at the feet of Jesus. I was like, come on. <laughs> come on. Okay, let's just chat about that for a second. Yes, we need to start at the feet of Jesus. Before we get into the work of ministry, absolutely, we need to sit at the feet of Jesus. The work of the ministry, whether that's through giving, hospitality, mercy ministry, children's ministry, discipleship, and evangelism, or any other way you can think of, always flows from sitting at the feet of Jesus. I will not disagree with that. 
But for those who are amongst that 80% or maybe even thinking, yeah, that sounds like a good, a good uh, reason, right? Let me encourage to, you to ask yourself first, is my lack of service actually the better portion? Am I actually sitting at the feet of Jesus or am I using that as a handy excuse not to serve? It's easy to call out the busybodies, the Martha types, while we claim the grace of Jesus to be unattached and uncommitted. Jesus wants us to sit at his feet, to learn, to be in his presence. But he also sends his followers out to share the good news of the gospel, whether that's across the world or just committing to the faithful presence and service in your local church. Church is not a consumer choice. It is rather the family that we are baptized into and the bride of Christ. Families belong to each other. Being in family means somebody has to take out the trash and empty the dishwasher, right? Boring jobs, but essential, so that the family can function at its best. Someone else cooks, someone helps the little child up and down from the high chair. Being family means laughing and crying with each other and navigating differences because you belong to one another. In the church, too, we need each member to function as a part of the body. If the trash, if the trash gets left too long, it stinks. And if it's the same person taking it out each time, it's a quick recipe for burnout. So we are called to lighten each other's loads, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And when we start at Jesus' feet, we will be filled up and our trash taking and our diaper changing and our giving and our evangelizing will be born from a well that will never, ever, ever run dry. This morning, I realize I might have stepped on toes. And you are uncomfortable. I'm kind of glad you're uncomfortable. For different reasons, maybe you are uncomfortable. Maybe you, you already know that God has been asking you to step into a church community, to take another step in from that outside circle that we've talked about so many times, standing on the outside and actually take a step in. But you've been putting it on the back burner. Other things have popped up, other priorities, other agendas, our time, our calendar. But he's been challenging you to get involved, to give, to serve in some capacity. And when it gets said out loud, we get uncomfortable, right? So you're feeling uncomfortable because of that. And maybe you're here this morning, you're like, Aaron, if you understood my past experience when it comes to being an active part of a church, you would understand why I have not stepped in. Yeah, I know. I know for some of us in the room this morning, there are past hurts, and they can be deep. Maybe you were burnt out. Maybe you felt you were used and abused by a church. And for that, I will say, I'm sorry. That is not a healthy church. That is not what God's church was set up to be. I myself have been part of a couple of very unhealthy church experiences. The church that I grew up in was a part of an amazing youth group. My family and I experienced an incredibly painful thing and we left that church. And there's baggage there. And my parents still struggle with the baggage of that. Did I just jump back into church right away? No, I didn't. It took me a while to even begin to think about being an active part of a church again because of the hurt I had experienced, because of how people treated me or even talked about my parents. But then I began to ask the right questions. 
and began to process through what I had experienced and what I had learned, and I had a choice. Do I quit for good or do I look for ways for God to heal me? And in order for me to heal, I had to take a step in. Maybe your first step of becoming involved or active and being active as a part of the body of Christ is to just start that process of healing when it comes to feeling used by the church. Go to the feet of Jesus. Start there. Don't stay there because he's going to ask you to go. Go to the feet of Jesus. Ask him where to start. Begin to ask the right questions of why am I not wanting to be involved with church? Why am I treating church as a consumer? Find somebody to talk to. Talk to myself and I can share my experience with you. We can connect in that way and help you not feel alone in that. But walk through the process. I want to challenge you though in that process. I know that's for some of us that we can that we need to take action on our part. We can't just talk about it. We can't just pray about it. God is going to call us into action. And here's the thing. Sometimes when we've experienced painful things in the church, we wait for God to set up a perfect setting in a perfect situation in order to commit to that community of believers. You cannot sit back and wait for God to do that. He's going to ask you to trust him. It will be messy. It will be hard, but Jesus never promised anything would be easy. Right? When I think back to the early church and we look at that and we go, man, everything was so great. Everybody got along all the time. I believe that they had massive struggles. Let's be real. They were people. I heard a pastor once say, people are messy. People are muddy, and God asked us to get in the mud with them. Their church was full of people who were imperfect. But they kept their focus on God and what God had done in their lives. And in response to what God had done in their lives, they, be, they stepped in. And they had an active part in the mission to go out into all the world. But it started by loving one another and stepping into the church. Can you imagine if they would have just given up because it wasn't perfect? When things didn't go their way, we might not be sitting here this morning. We cannot sit around and wait for a perfect church. It will not exist, but we can do everything in our power to ask God for his help and for him to guide us and for him to lead us. And for us, we need to sacrifice and surrender ourselves to that. Worship team, if you could come. And let's all just stand as we go into just a little bit of a response. I know that this might have felt incredibly harsh and incredibly painful. And you're like, man, Aaron, can you be positive at all this morning? But sometimes we need reality checks, right? Sometimes we, we can't just have everything sound pretty and be pretty. We need to be held accountable. I need to be held accountable in what I do. And as I put this message together, God had a baseball bat Swing it. And he's like, Aaron, what more are you, am I asking you to do that you're not doing? What else do you have to sacrifice? So this isn't about, about me standing up here saying, I got this all right. I don't. I don't. I'm still learning. I'm still asking for God's grace. I'm still asking 
just for his help. I just wanted to bring awareness that we as Christ followers too many times have just understood the church as a building. It's a place where you and I gather on a Sunday morning and we get fed. And we walk out the door and we want God to do amazing things, but we don't stick around to actually be church family and do life together. To be, find our role, to use our giftings where God has gifted us. This is not just a building. The church is you and me. And the church is not simply there just to fulfill your needs. There is somebody in the room here this morning that needed you to be here. That needed to connect with you. That needed to be encouraged by you. That needed to hear your story. Do you stick around long enough to maybe connect with that? Or as you come to church in the morning, are you going, God, who do you have in my path today that I need to encourage at church? Or I need to pray with them? Or they have a need that I need to meet? Are we coming to church with that expectation? Or are we just coming here wondering what the message is going to be about? Somebody needs you here. You are a vital part of the body of Christ. And you were uniquely designed to be that. There are some different things and roles that we can take on in the church, and sometimes that's going to change through the seasons or the years of our lives, right? Just because you're done with one area means you stop. You go to where God's calling you next. And I know that some of you in here are thinking, Aaron, I am so not qualified in this, to serve in the church. I showed up last week. Or I showed up today. I love that you showed up today and I'm telling you, you are qualified. Believe me, I have said so many times to God that I, I'm not qualified. What are, you, what are you talking about? At one time in my life, he spoke and he said, I need you to work with the youth group and the teens. And I was like, Ugh, I don't have kids. I don't know that I can connect with them. And I argued with God, but then, you know, after a while, a couple baseball bats ahead, I listened. There's another time that God spoke and called me into ministry a few years ago. I was a 40-year-old machinist. And in my mind, you are, you are asking me, what? You want me, to be, you want me to go into ministry? I didn't even know if that meant being a pastor somewhere. I didn't know what that looked like. I just know that he asked. And believe me, I gave him every reason in the book. And you know the coolest thing about my story is in that same day when I was giving him all of my reasons, he sent three people who are a part of the body of Christ, the big C, not here, but like understand three people got in my face and said, you need to go into ministry. And I went, what? And I argued with God and I lost because he kept pursuing me till I finally obeyed. Guys, I don't, I don't have all the skills to be standing up here. This is God. God is using me. God is giving me the confidence. He's giving me the boldness. It is God, not me, and I'm just simply trying to be obedient in what he is calling me to do. What is he asking you to do? Because I guarantee you, you're qualified. God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. I think we've all heard that. I had a church family around me when God, I felt God saying that, and they encouraged me, and they challenged me, and they prayed for me, and they, they cheered me on as I took steps that I was like, I have no idea what this is going to look like. But I needed my church 
family, the body of Christ, in order to step into that? Are you playing that role in somebody's life? Here in the church. Because if we get it right here, and if we start to actively do that here, it's going to be so much easier doing it outside these doors. But we simply need to ask, we need to ask ourselves, am I willing to surrender my agenda, my plans for his, to be used by him for his church? We are called to be active in our personal walk and our involvement in church community. So what's your next step? We all have something. Maybe your next step is simply baptism and making a public declaration that you want to follow Jesus. That's a next step. Maybe it's actually joining a life group and understanding that, yes, you have a personal relationship with Jesus and you can talk to God anytime you want to, but you need other people in order to grow. Maybe it's joining a serve team. Yeah, it's not glamorous. Maybe it's, maybe it's changing a diaper. Maybe it's serving coffee. Maybe it's, I don't know, helping with kids. What giftings do you have that you're not using as a part of the body of Christ? Because let me tell you something, the church needs you. Maybe it's coming simply to a Sunday night service and sacrificing a little bit of time to, yes, sit at the feet of Jesus so that you know where he's calling you to go. Maybe it's being involved with what the church is doing in the community. Understanding it might not look like a Sunday service or that we're opening our Bible when those doors are open, but it's an impact in our community. And being a part of that and volunteering and sacrificing your time. Are you willing to surrender your life, your agenda, your time, your calendar, and your priorities to be a part of the body of Christ? The church. So that the community and the world can find hope and the greatest thing of all, a relationship with Jesus. This morning, I want to say this. I know that this has been hard and it's been harsh, but I want to say this. Guys, we're doing well. I, I think about two years ago when I started and the impact that this church has had in the last couple years on this community. Josiah's been here four, so he can go four years. This church has made an impact on this community, but we cannot stop there. We cannot say that there's a finish line to this. There's always a next step. So I want to leave you with like, good job. You guys are doing it, but there's something more. There's more of us here that need to step in. Maybe some of us here need to step into something else that God is calling us to because he's moving you on to something else. That shows growth, right? My hope for this message is to bring awareness to how the, view, the world views the church and why the struggle is so hard for us to actually invite people and, and to actually spread the gospel is because we're not doing well here. So what is it that needs to change in us? We have to acknowledge where we have twisted it, where we have gone wrong, and begin to fix it. Keep it up. Good job. But always know there's something more. Father God, I thank you for this message that seems a little brutal. <laughs> God, I thank you for my, the baseball bats to my own head and what I, what I have been avoiding and what I need to step into. God, because I'm not standing up here saying that I've got it all right, but God, as I just, I just want to lead the way. God, help us 
to ask the right questions. Help us to begin to go, what role do I play? And not just ask the question, but then be called to action, to step up, to serve, to love, to encourage, to disciple, to be an accountability partner, whatever that is, God. We all have something more. God, I pray for this, this church family right now that you would encourage their heart after this. God, that for their part that they have already played, God, that they would go, God, I, I did that. Thank you. Thank you for like, just understanding their obedience in it and their part in it. But God, help us to never be satisfied with where we were at. God, this is hard. But it's an easy solution if we just begin to actually be your church, to be the body of Christ. And God, I believe that from the inside out, our world is going to change if we actually represent you well. God, help us in this. In Jesus' name.